from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One studio. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I am Joe Stopulis. Today, I will be joined again by Mike Aquilina to discuss St. Peter in our Great Men of the Bible series. Let's start in prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, working our way through the Bible, had a really great conversation last week uh, with regarding St. Joseph. Uh, if you did not get to listen to that, I uh, had Devin shot on uh, last Monday, and we really, really broke down St. Joseph and what he can mean to men. Even though we said no words in the Bible, uh, Devin's done a lot of research and, and really pulled out some great truths for what that can mean to us as fathers. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go to the podcast, uh, listen to the interview with Devin Schott on St. Joseph. Today, one of the most pivotal players in all of the church, which is St. Peter. Uh, and I can think of no one better to have on for this one than Mike Aquilina. Mike Aquilina will be on the other side of the break. Uh, we've had him on in the past. I've read a handful of his books, uh, heard him talk in, in person and on the radio, and one of the foremost experts today uh, on church history, on, on what the church has done for us uh, in the world today, quite frankly. And he's got a really brilliant mind on the church fathers. Uh, and so really just encouraging you to look up Mike's work if you, if you have any interest uh, in the church fathers, if you have any interest in the early church or how the church has made a difference throughout history, uh, Mike's work is clear, concise, and easy to follow. Uh, you know, I've, I've read a handful of books on the church uh, are the, the easiest to digest. I think he does a really good job. So excited to have uh, Mike Aquilina on. We're going to head to a short break, and we'll be back with Mike uh, when we get back. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe, Joe Stopulus, and today I'm joined by Mike Aquilina. Mike is the award-winning author of more than 40 books on Catholic history, doctrine, and devotion. His works have been translated into many languages. He has hosted nine television series and several documentary films and is a frequent guest on Catholic Radio. One of the books specifically that we had him on to, uh, to talk about with Father Zach and myself was The One Yours is a Church, a great little book that I used in a Bible study. And today he is here to discuss St. Peter in our Great Men of the Bible series. Mike Eccolino, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. He's joining us from beautiful Pittsburgh, where unfortunately we commiserated ahead of the show that his Steelers are not off to a good start, but there's a lot of season left, a lot of season left for the people of Pittsburgh uh, to turn around. I know you guys are big sports fans over in that neck of the woods. 
We are indeed. Um, hey, real quick, we talked off the, the off the air. So I mentioned Yours is the Church, a great book that we talked about previously. But you're actually doing a little project with Ave Maria Press that I think kind of fits into that. Could you give us a little uh, rundown on that? It's the Reclaiming Catholic History series, and it's going to be a series of books that, um, that go through the ages of Christian history. Uh, and, it, and it has apologetic value. Um, you know, it, it answers all of the great challenges that, uh, that we face about, about our own about our own history, and uh, it squarely faces uh, some of the difficulties uh, that have that have come up down the down the centuries, and and it gives good Catholic responses to those. It helps us to see see what happened in in the original context, and to go and to give a good answer when we're challenged. Um, I've got great authors lined up in the series, and the books will be coming out. My volume just came out last week. It's called The Church and the Roman Empire. Uh, Jim Papandrea has the next volume on the very early church, the first generations, and that's coming out in just a couple weeks. So the series is off and running, and, and I love it. Is, it. is it a book series? It is. Okay. It is. It's a series of books, and, uh, and as I said, it it kind of uh, walks us through the story of history. There's a lot of emphasis on story. It's not, it's not like the kind of history we had in high school mm-hmm. where we had to memorize dates and names and that sort of thing. We get into it as an interesting uh, story. Last question on it. How many, do they know how many books it's going to be? Yes, we do, and uh, you ask a good question. I, I think it's seven. Okay. One, two, I, I can handle seven books. I think <laughs> 30 seven, or something. Yes. All right, we can handle and seven. short. Well, when I reached out to you, literally at the beginning of the series, you were one of the first people I reached out to, which was back in January of this year. Um, fast forward to September, and we're you know we're now in the New Testament. But back in back in January, or this might even been last year, quite frankly, you said I want to do New Testament guys. You were really big, and P- Saint Peter was one of the first guys mm-hmm. you mentioned. Why Saint Peter? <laughs> because what a character. And, you knew it would be an easy, an easy episode. There's a lot of material there. Uh, there is a lot of <laughs> material, but it's also the, some of the most dramatic material in the Bible. Oh, yeah. And yep. for me, it's really important because the story of Peter and Jesus is kind of the story of friendship. I mean, Jesus models perfect friendship for us, but even Jesus' witness is incomplete without Peter's. Because it's Peter who models repentance for us, and, and the seeking of forgiveness, because most of us aren't going to go through our lives exactly like Jesus did without offending our friends. We're going to have to apologize at some point. We're going to have to make up with our friends. And Peter is the one who shows us how to do that, because he's a doofus like me. So I think that, that that's the value of the story of Peter and Jesus for me, but it's a story that runs kind of the length of the New Testament. And to me, he almost represents the so the Israelite people. How throughout we spent you know eight months going through them, uh, doing things right and then screwing it up, and doing things right and screwing it up. And I I, I can really well I, I can relate to that. Uh, and I think Peter, as the first pope and one of you know, the the first call of Jesus, you know the the leader. It's so great that we have him to look at right as the model of a guy who is so much like us. And I think to your point, that is. It's refreshing. The more you get to know Peter, the more you get to see yourself in him. And that's right. As a disciple, as a friend, uh, you know, as 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 everything, as as a family man, you know, he's he just he just has so much to show us. You know, so when I when I look at the story of Peter, I, I, I tended to at least in my youth. So I'm a cradle Catholic, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. I, I usually saw him through the lens of the Gospels 
which I, which in my mind, and it's the same St. Peter, but man, something changes when you get to Acts. And when you really study Acts uh, and Peter's letters, the Peter there is this on fire, you know, people were just trying to get in the shadow to be near him, uh, versus the Peter I knew mostly through the Gospels. And, you know, obviously it's the same guy, but something happened to him, right? I, that oh. to me shows you that something happened, uh, the oh, resurrection. Yes. And what happened? I mean, he he himself describes the change in that in that beautiful phrase that he uses in his second letter, where he talks about uh, how uh, the effect of baptism. He says that through baptism we've become partakers of the divine nature. That's Second Peter one four, partakers of the divine nature. We've come to share God's very nature, God's very life. That's incredible. Like, what can that even mean? Well, you can see what it means. Because, as you pointed out, we see Peter uh, looking pretty cowardly during the, the, uh, the, the, the Triduum, right? He's looking, he's looking pretty cowardly. He's got a lot of bluster, and then he's, he, he hightails it out. He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's not really constant. And then we see him after the Ascension, and he's, he's, he's sober. He's, you know, he's, he's steadier. He's, he's guiding the apostles through the things they need to do. But then suddenly on Pentecost, we see him with new life, and he is the one who takes charge. He goes out into the street, and he is the chief preacher of the church, and they say that that thousands were converted that day. Suddenly Peter has a life that he did not have before, and that's divine life. He gets the Holy Spirit. He receives the Holy Spirit in the, in the wind and the fire, and, and he takes that wind and fire out into the street. And he's living the life of God here on earth. We all have received that life in confirmation. We continue to receive it through Holy Communion. This is a remarkable thing, the kind of power we have. It's the same power that Peter received on Pentecost. We should be rushing into the streets to tell our neighbors about the good news. When I'm looking for a proof for the gospel, or proof for the resurrection, it comes down to me, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different things you can point to, but the example of St. Peter and the early apostles, the early church, these are guys who were fishermen. These were, were guys who were on, as you mentioned, uh, on, on Easter Sunday were, were not <laughs> a little scared. Uh, and then obviously mm-hmm. during the Trudom were, was, was cowering in a corner. And now they are the leaders. They are, they are all getting crucified. They're all dying, martyrs' right. deaths, and because something happened. And I think it's fair to say if it wasn't true, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, they wouldn't be doing this. They'd be back fishing, which is where they were when Jesus found them on the shore. That's right. That's right. You know, they, they receive God's life, and that's the only way that they have courage to do the things that we see them doing. Um, and we're all, we should all be grateful to them for that. It, I mean, think of Peter in so many of the scenes in the Gospels. You know, so many of the times he kind, kind of makes a fool of himself. You know, we, we've heard the story so many times that, uh, that we don't think twice about them anymore. You know, Peter's full of bluster. Yeah, I'll walk on the water. Just call me and I'll come out to you. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe I won't. And he starts to sink. You know, there, there's a certain comic side to these stories of Peter. You know, and it's the comic side that we should recognize in our own lives. You know, so many of us have that kind of bluster. But when it comes right down to it, uh, we, have, we have our hesitations and then we start to sink. Well, and so one of my favorite stories is that at the end of John, so after the, after the resurrection and the they. Peter's back on the boat fishing, which is representative in my mind of he's back where he was before he met Jesus, right? So he, it's as if those three years with Jesus, he's just right back 
to fishing. And then we have the great scene of the forgiveness with the sheep. Mm-hmm. But that shows that, you know, even <laughs> Peter saw all this. He knew Jesus, and even then he was still questioning. He was still yeah. turning back to his old ways. And then something happened. Then, as you mentioned, Pentecost happens. But Peter is so representative of us, right? So he's this great example of having faith and, and using it and turning away and having faith. If we can, if we, Jesus still chose him to lead the church. That's uh, right. And that's what's so inspiring for me. And we have to be careful not to romanticize it because, according to St. Paul, uh, St. Peter continued to have the same pattern of bluster and then hesitation. Uh, we find, we, we find uh, a situation, uh, you know, St. Paul outlines in the, the, his letter to the Galatians, where, where, where Peter failed to live up to his own infallible teaching. You know, he was the Pope, he was teaching infallibly, he wasn't quite living up to it, and, and, and Paul said he had to confront him to his face. We go to the traditions about Peter in Rome, which I think are pretty reliable, and we find that, you know, when the time comes for Peter to suffer as a martyr, He's not so ready to do it. And Jesus himself has to show up to encourage him. Uh, that's the famous Quo Vadis story. There's a church uh, erected in, in, in Rome uh, on the site where they met that last time uh, on earth. And, uh, and, and so Peter continues his struggle. You know, he doesn't, he, doesn't, um, he doesn't become somebody different on Pentecost. He's Peter, but he's Peter with divine life. And, uh, and he struggles to live up to the divine life he's been given, the divine gift he's been given. And, uh, and that's how we all have to live our lives. We have to struggle to live up the, to the gift we've been given. So, Peter, obviously one of the, the major figures in, uh, in the New Testament. What, which stories stick out to you? that When, you're, when you think of St. Peter, which are the ones that stick out to you the most as far as uh, of, of examples of ways we can live our lives by uh, that really show his spirit, show his personality, and then what we can learn from those. <laughs> well, so many of them. I mean, I mean there's there's the, the the story of his his vocation, his calling while he's fishing. First of all, you know, it, it tells us the real advantage is to staying close to Christ during our work day. We want to live that consistency in our life so that we're not a different person at work than we are when we go to church. Okay, but. But Peter's at work, and Jesus uh, tells him, you know, uh, to to uh, to to uh, to try something different um, in, in in his fishing. Uh, and and Peter Peter, of course, is the expert on fishing, and Jesus is a carpenter. So why should he be listening? But he trusts him, and we should be alert to Jesus during our day and his promptings in our soul. Um, so that's one. Uh, there's um, there's also that 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 beautiful uh, account of Peter's sense of his own unworthiness to, to, for his vocation, where he, says, where he says, Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And we should have that kind of self-knowledge and that kind of awe in the presence of Jesus. St. Peter was capable of real intimacy with this friend, but he knew deep down that he was not worthy of the friendship because he knew himself. We've got to strive for that kind of self-knowledge. Um, you, you know, you go on from there, and... Uh, and and we have the story of Peter's name change, where he's given his authority, and then immediately after that he's rebuked. Um, so, so, so again, we, we have to be ready for whatever Jesus is going to lay on our shoulders, but we also have to be ready for the light that he's going to shine on our souls, because he's going to show us things that might make us uncomfortable. You know, speaking of making uncomfortable, I, I can't imagine Peter, when he was, uh, when he was a fisherman, 
if someone were to come and say, hey, five years from now, you're going to be out preaching in front of the the masses, and you're going to be calling out the religious leaders of the time and telling them they crucified. I mean, I, you can't imagine that kind of bold proclamation. You know, one of my favorite uh, lines of Scripture, especially when it comes to evangelization, is First Peter 3.15, to always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks for a reason for your hope. And that's a great mantra for us as Catholics, is we, we need to be able to, at all times, defend our faith and, and give reasons for hope in Christ. And Peter so so genuinely showed that, especially in the the latter part of the New Testament and the Acts of the Apostles and beyond. You, here's a guy who's always ready to defend his faith. That's right. That's right. Uh, and and it is a matter of living in companionship with Christ more than um, a matter of study. And uh, you know we don't necessarily have to get uh, advanced degrees in philosophy in order to do it. We need to live close to Christ. And if we do, then we'll, we'll get a sense of, of this friend, this, this Jesus, and a sense of how he would respond in the situations where we find ourselves. And really, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's what we see in the New Testament. You know, Peter's willing to drop everything and follow the Messiah all over the place, you know, and, and spend all of his time with him. And you find, you find great scenes. They're, they're, there, they're there in the mountains, they're there in the valleys, they're there on boats. They're, uh, they're, they're always together, and he wants to spend the time with him and to be more like him. Uh, so, I lo- so, And yeah, I also I, love the, the juxtaposition, as you mentioned there. He, he's not a theologian. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he didn't come, you know, whereas St. Paul was at the feet of Gamaliel. He was this brilliant student uh, of, the, of the Jewish scripture and the law, and Peter wasn't. So the Catholic Church, from the beginning, has these two great leaders, one of which is just a, he's a fisherman, but he's on fire. He's a, he's a fisherman, and he's had something. He's he's had an encounter with Christ. And to your point, he didn't have all the knowledge of Scripture. He didn't have all this. You know, he he wasn't a theologian, but what he did have is he had fire, and he had he did he had a relationship with God that he just wanted to tell everyone he knew, everyone he could meet. He taught him about, and he had the basic equipment that came with being a faithful Jew in his time. He was regular, I'm sure, uh, about attendance at the synagogue. And if you did that through your life, then you followed the lectionary, the series of readings that were keyed to the feasts and to the Saturdays of the year. You heard the story of salvation over and over and over again, and you heard teachings about it. You learned what to expect in life, and you learned, above all, to expect the Messiah and to welcome the Messiah when he comes. And so he had all of these dispositions just by showing up and living out his religious obligations. And that's something that we should not underestimate in our own lives, especially in the lives of our children and of our grandchildren. You know, to do what we can to see that they're showing up. You know, uh, there's the famous saying, 80% of life is just showing up. And I think that's true. We absorb so much in life in a passive way. We do it because we have the television on or the radio on, and we just absorb whatever the culture is forming us for. You know, we just kind of take it in. Well, we should be placing ourselves in a position where we're absorbing what God wants to put into our lives, and that is best exemplified in, 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 the, uh, in the lectionary, the series of readings that we still put out there week after week to form our minds, to form our hearts. I'm going to throw a pitch in for Catholic Radio. I feel like, I feel like that's yes. what you're trying to do there. Thank you. I think you were trying to make a pitch for Iowa Catholic Radio there, and I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to take it and run with it. But no, Phil, it's a good point, though. You know, what, what, what you consume, yeah. wh- whether you know you're doing it or not, whatever's in mm-hmm. front of you, that's what you're going to become. And, that's, uh, and you can see that throughout culture. And obviously, to your, I think it's a great point that, you know, St. Peter 
was, while he wasn't a, again, a, theolo- a brilliant theolo- theologian, he was at least well-studied enough to know the basics. And hence, that's why you can get him to say, always be ready to give an explanation for your hope. Um, and I think he saw that, right? He knew that because he had this relationship with God and he'd been, and he'd been doing those things, he was ready to go out. And I think right. the definite, so his, his answer to that, in my mind, is I saw Jesus. I lived with Jesus for three years. Right? I saw him die. I saw him rise. Here I come. Yes. Very interesting, too, the things uh, that he brings out in his letters to say, I saw it. You know, the the foremost one was the transfiguration. (laughs) And again, it's another scene where we find Peter uh, full of bluster and saying, you know, let's put up three booths here uh, to to mark this, and and so that we we never have to leave. Just stay with us all the time. And, uh, and, uh, And the great commentary by the by the evangelist he didn't know what he was saying hey listen i'm one of the other great stories of peter so i'm like i would do the same thing like i'm with you peter i'm with it let's let's do this this <laughs> yeah. seems like a, a quite a mountain this is the mountaintop moment of all mountaintop moments let's let's hold on to this one right right so it's, we've got a few minutes left are there any other stories that again as men living today that you would say that, you know when you're reflecting the life of saint peter here's something here's something you can go to to reflect on to realize the kind of man he was and what he's calling you to be. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it seems obvious, but in Peter we see the office of the papacy, and this makes us as Catholics different from any other group on earth. Uh, and we have to cultivate that in ourselves, because this is part of our biblical faith, that we see the Pope as Peter, Now, if you look through history, that doesn't mean that we're always going to have popes who strike us the same way, who please us the same way, who who are in line with what we're thinking or or whatever. Um, But we have to honor the pope, and we have to look to him as a father. Now, there are certain ways that you talk about a father, and certain ways you don't talk about your father. It's a commandment, and not only is it a commandment, but it's the first of the commandments uh, uh, after the after the ones that have to do with the divinity to honor your father and your mother. So the way we talk about the pope is very important. We look at Peter and we find a pope who uh, who um, who does all kinds of things that that embarrass himself, uh, you know, and uh, and then he has to get out of them. Uh, it doesn't matter. We honor Peter. We honor him as our father. Uh, what I love about the Acts of the Apostles is the way it presents him as pope. You know, he is the chief judge of the church. He's the chief teacher of the church, the chief preacher of the church, the chief, chief healer of the church. All of these things that we find him doing in, the, in those opening chapters of the Acts of the Apostles, he's the spokesman. Um, and and, uh, and, 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 and the, the Pope is still in that office today. This is a wonderful thing, and, it's, and it's, again, it's, it's empowered us to endure through the ages. Uh, this this um, this office of the papacy and our belief in the papacy. If you look through history, it is the thing that has carried us. That doesn't mean that all the popes have been equally good. Uh, there were many uh, medieval popes that are uh, who 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 remain an embarrassment to the church. There are Renaissance popes who remain an embarrassment to the church, but they were the pope, and they did carry us through. The gates of hell did not prevail. Um, so yeah, I, I love Peter in the Acts of the Apostles because he appears very clearly as the Pope, as our Holy Father, and that's the way we have to think of him and every Pope after him as our Father. Well, Mike, 
Thank you. It's a great, great way to end it here. I appreciate your time today. And again, there's so much we can learn from this one person. Again, he's one of those guys that could have done a handful of shows for. But I encourage our listeners go out, read up on on St. Peter's, read Acts, read his letters. Uh, so much great stuff. Mike Equilina, thank you for joining us again today. Thanks again for having me. We're gonna head to a short break. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Why do folks give to the Catholic tuition organization? Probably because they love Catholic schools, right? Partially, but they also like the tax benefits. Or they were helped when their kids were in school. Or they have been blessed and want to bless others. Whatever the reason, the 65% tax credits are great. And after all, it's for the kids and their future. Online, ctoiowa.org. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. And welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you again for joining me today. And my thanks again to Mike Aquilina as well. Uh, as you can tell there, he could go on for a long time with St. Peter and quite, quite frankly any uh, of the early church fathers. A few things I wanted to pull out from that interview uh, they were, we talked maybe a little about them, but maybe I'm just going to shore up those conversations. You know, one of the things that St. Peter had, he, he, did, he had some pride, uh, and you could see that, but he also had humility. So you could see, this is classic St. Peter, where he had a, these hot and these cold moments, but humility was a key. Humility is what kept Peter close to the Lord. Even though he was rash, um, he, he definitely was openness to the forgiveness and the love of God, you know, He's the one who, as we said earlier in the, in the interview, go go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And humility is so important uh, for us as men. While we need to have, uh, we need to do, we need to be leaders. We need to be humble leaders. Uh, and I think humility is one of those one of those virtues that we need to work on to make sure we're always keeping that in the forefronts of our mind. Uh, and then I mentioned hope, uh, Saint Peter always have a, an explanation to anyone who asks for a reason for your hope. A, we need to be, that, to me, there's two parts to that. Um, one is having that reason. There's having that evangelization, having an understanding of our faith and why we have a reason for our faith. And I think you listen to enough Catholic radio, you listen to enough John Ricardo, you listen to enough Catholic answers, you'll get those reasons. You'll get those apologetic reasons. But there's a reason for your hope. And I think he also had an understanding of hope. There's a reason that we should want to hope. Uh, there's a virtue of hope, and St. Peter had that, uh, and he worked to help other people have that hope as well, that hope in Christ, that hope uh, in the love of, of God, and, and the hope in salvation through Jesus, and he saw all those things in his life. So, again, my thanks to Mike Aquilina, really great show uh, covering St. Peter. Uh, I thank you for joining us today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My name is Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.